Hey everyone, welcome to the next episode of Nor Cal and Shill. Today's guest is Fidel Amos, son of American father and Italian mother, born in South Korea. He spent many early years in LA, Kansas, and Georgia. His elementary years were in Germany, and his middle school was in Italy. He finished high school in Kansas and later attended college at Kansas State University. In 2001, he moved to New York City to pursue acting, writing, and every other form of the arts. Along with that hunger for all things artistic came the desire to make photography a major part of his life. Although it had been a hobby of his in college, in New York it became a true passion. In 2006, he officially made it his profession and since then has worked as a freelance photographer for numerous fashion brands, magazines, sports organizations, humanitarian organizations, and private clients. In 2014, after completing a photo shoot for a client in Paris, he began feeling the desire to broaden his horizons and look for work outside the United States. Like many photographers, he had always worked a second job. During his years in New York, this had been event coordinating and restaurant management. Although he was good and enjoyed the hospitality field, he was hungry to find work centered around his true passion, photography. In 2015, he was offered a teaching position in Italy. He took it, ready to face new challenges in a different part of the world. Being the son of an Italian citizen and having spent a number of years in Italy during his youth, he was familiar with the language and customs. Currently, he is based in Verona and teaches photography and English at a local university in a school of fashion. In his free time, he works with private clients both in Europe and abroad, photographing everything from private events to fashion shows. He entered the NFT space in the beginning of 2021 and has since found it to be a welcome medium for his photography. Everyone, please welcome Fidel. Hey, Fidel. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, what's up, brother, man? It's good to be here. Calling in from a nice, chilly Verona, Italy, but I'm nice and warm inside, so. I'm having a good day. Nice. I know. We just got through some winter storms over here in Northern California. It was raining pretty good last night, but I think that was the last of it. Today, it's just uh, cold. <laughs> yeah. Winter storm in Northern California is like a low 60. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's so cold here. I had to put on socks. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's usually usually true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we uh, we see here kind of in the news as well that the U.S. been getting beat up. So you know, all my family lives out there. I hope everybody's doing well with the weather changing. Yeah, no, it's been. I mean, we haven't had it too bad. It's just been a lot of rain for us, at least. The mountains got a ton of snow, and that was awesome. That's good. Very cool, man. Cool. Well, do you have a hardware wallet? You use it 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Hardware wallet. Why, just going right for the throat on the first question? <laughs> yeah, I started off right there. <laughs> if you don't use a wallet, we're hanging up on you, Fidel. That's how it's going. <laughs> I do. I don't have the newer version, but I have the Nano Ledger. I got it in a giveaway, actually, last year or so. That's, that's the one that I use. I have to upgrade at some point because I see they got some cool things coming out. So oh, what's yeah. the other one? The, the, the desk? No, the, what's the other one? The stacks, yeah. Is that I got to get it. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. I just want it. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. I bought the NFT version of it, like for the redeem, and I was like, "This is interesting." I, I'm I'm really interested to see what it actually is and how to use it. Because I'm like, do I really want to carry a wallet around with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's to the point where a lot of people that are making moves, and not to you know publicize Ledger. I don't work for them in any way, but uh, trust in the equipment that they have. I think some companies are just, they're ahead, you know what I mean? They're creating things that we'll realize we need six months from now, you know, just like they yeah. did with the lead with the nanos and stuff. They were already there. It's just that it took people a while to realize that they needed that stuff. True, true. So what were your first thoughts when you heard about NFTs, crypto art? Man, I, I guess the easiest way to put it is... I was in such a desperate state. <laughs> I lost both my jobs. I was a professor here at a college mm. in Verona, Italy, where I'm based. And I taught photography and COVID, man, just really did a number on me because by happenstance, I was the last person hired at both of those jobs. And I had them both for about a year and a half, two years. And so when COVID hit, you know, they started to do the layoffs because right. everyone was going online. I was one of the first people that was let go. So Basically, January 2021, I didn't have a job. I was at home, you know, barely making ends meet on savings and a few other things I had going hustle-wide as far as teaching English. And uh, my brother called me one day and he was like, you know, I'm on this, what was it, Top Shot. And people are paying money for like videos and stuff and and photos. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he he just kind of said, go Google it. And I went to Google it. And I guess my first thoughts were it was either something that you already had to have your foot in. Like when people first talked to me about Bitcoin and it was already five years too late, you know, or I thought it was something that would take a lot of money to get started. Like I thought it was something you had to buy something or, you know, get apply to some program to do it. And then I guess really around three months after that is where I started to believe because that's when I first started to get sales and it just, Nice. I saw that money go into ETH and then, or excuse me, it was Tezos at the time. I didn't get sales in ETH for a while. And I saw that money go to Tezos and it, you know, I put it into the bank with ease and it was just like, okay, it's the real deal. So that's when I started to believe, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a, there is something to that, you know, actually like seeing the money come in being, it's like, it, there is like, I guess it's a positive feedback loop in a way. <laughs> yeah. It's a little sad though, that the only way that things become real for us these days is when it turns into money. Otherwise it's, you know, just, how do you say a pipe dream to right. actually get paid, which is kind of sad, but you know, that's the times we live in. Yeah. So why did you choose art? How did you get into photography? Man, photography, you know, has just always been a love. I guess I found out at an early age that I enjoyed it because my, my mother used to have all of these journals and magazines and books. We had libraries in the home growing up. She's an Italian. My mother's Italian. My father's American. She's an Italian who learned the language, actually majored in, you know, English and American university and stuff. So she's always been very on the up and up as far as being grammatically correct and things like that. So we read a lot in my family. 
And she always had these life magazines and National Geographic. You know, mm-hmm. kids these days don't know how important it was, or not important, but how normal it was to have physical copy of everything because we right. didn't have anything online. And I just grew up loving black and white pictures, man. Just anything you can imagine seeing for the first time, you know, it's always has an impact on you. But for me, it was like, I guess it started to have an impact on me as an art. I just wanted to do it and I wanted to travel. And when we did start traveling in our family because they were both in the military, you know, I started taking photos with the little, the little throwaway cameras you could buy at any gas station for like, you know, six or seven bucks. Right. And yeah, I'm just, I, I followed that passion all through high school. I was always one, you know, I had the camera and the Betamax at prom and I had, you know, the throwaway cameras on the spring break trips when we were in college and stuff. Awesome. I guess, yeah, one day it just became something I got paid for. I haven't let go since. Nice. I love that. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> you mentioned those National Geographic magazines and that yeah. just sparked a memory that I've totally forgot about. Like my grandmother had like, it seemed like every single one, like on a bookshelf. So many. Yeah, everyone did. <laughs> everyone did. And they were numbered. Remember, you, you had to get yeah. every issue. It was different. Now, all these places that, I guess when you think about it now, because it was a little harder to travel around the world, it was something that was almost exotic, you know, South yeah. America, Africa, Asia. But now it's something that you see. I don't even leave my couch with my phone in hand. I can see a thousand pictures on Instagram from places I'll never, you know, ever set foot in. So it's a right. different world. Yeah. So what jobs have you done along the way before photography? (laughs) (laughs) I was a lover man for about four years. (laughs) Oh, European gigolo. No, no, no. You know, I've always worked, man. I've always had jobs. Something I got from my parents. Even at like 15 years old, I was working on military bases, you know, at at the post office because, uh, we had like summer off and stuff, and we could go and do that at that age, you know, bouncing around. I guess the the biggest jobs I've had, let's just say I, I haven't stopped working a job since I was 15. So that, you know, right. every career there was to get into, I did it. But I, the biggest jobs I've had, I was, I was a DJ in college. I did that for about four years. And then I had that job maybe two or three years after. And so that was a big part of my life. And I was in the restaurant business all, all the 15 years that I lived and worked in New York. Whenever I wasn't doing, you know, whenever I wasn't lucky to have photography gigs, I was a manager of restaurants or a waiter or a bartender or something like that. Nice. And so those are the biggest incomes I had other than, you know, photography. Nice. I like that. And other things. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely cleaned some toilets, man. I, you know, I definitely did some construction and some painting and, you know, all those jobs mm-hmm. growing up. But uh, it was always only because I, I couldn't ever really make ends meet, you know, 100% with my photos. I always made like half income. So if right. I made another job. True. So if you are an animal, what would you be and why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Well, I, I have an immediate answer. The immediate answer is I'm a, I'm a bear. Like my girlfriend calls me her bear. I'm a big, big boy. I'm like six eight, you know, <laughs> two hundred and eighty pounds. So I, I give off a general bear vibe. I guess mentally, I'm probably man. That's a good question. What's an animal that is comfortable around a lot of people? Like a dog, a cat, a house cat, something like that. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. Probably a, a, a big. A big stubborn house cat. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I do. Sometimes I want some hugs and sometimes I just want you to get out of my face. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite food? Oh man, favorite food. You know, I, I eat a lot, brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, well, I guess an overall has to be pizza. Just too many, you know, variations that you can put on it, and, and you know, too many different ways that you can have it. So it kind of fits a lot of different scenarios. Right. Then probably things that I eat the most, like you know, pasta and, and Italian foods and, and deals and dishes like that. So yeah, those are my favorites. Some of my fallback foods are fast food places that have no bearing on actual cuisine. But, you know, if I go without Taco <laughs> Bell for like six months, I definitely get a craving. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh, uh, I definitely feel that on the, the fast food joints. I'm like, man, sometimes I just want like a cheap burger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometimes that could be the hardest thing to find with everything moving so fast these days. Everybody's fancy now. Right, it's true. <laughs> yeah, you guys do a lot of uh, Hispanic food there in Cali, though, no? I imagine yeah. it's half the yeah, state got to be. Yeah, I can find some good Mexican food almost anywhere, but Mexican food is my jam. I grew up in Southern California, and I just, oof, I love it. Oh, uh, yeah, man, we got to get some tacos there, some real tacos. Yeah. Don't have those here in Italy. <laughs> yeah. So, what has been the best piece of advice you've been given? Oh, uh, Wow. Wow, man. You mean like in life or in line of T-space? Let's do in life. NFT in space life. Tonight. You know, I, I've, I've been blessed to have really good, loving parents. And I, I can say that I got a lot of great advice from them through the years. I guess the best advice, you know, if I had to put something on my tombstone, it would be kind of a culmination of the different pieces of advice that they've given me, which have all sort of led up to treat others like yourself you know, treat mm -hmm. others equally. Yeah. And even with my religious background and my personal beliefs, you know, even biblically, it's, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. So Definitely. they all kind of follow those, those guidelines, you know, don't be an asshole. That's, <laughs> that's sure. the best nutshell advice right there. Yeah. 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 I love it. I definitely love that advice. And it's one that I try and stick to a lot. Yeah. I think if we all did it generally, you know, as humans, a lot of the bad things would go away, you know, a lot of those negative things. You can't yeah. treat your neighbor as yourself and, and put them in jail or prison them or treat your neighbor as yourself and start a war. So I think it'd be a nicer place to live. For sure. So do you have any advice now for uh, artists joining the NFT space? Oh, yeah. So much. So much. <laughs> I guess it kind of it kind of turned into a mantra. You know, what I used to say at the beginning, what I learned after, I guess, you know, hitting it big, quote unquote. But expect nothing and appreciate everything. That ah. is, in a nutshell, the best advice that I can give to people in this space. Because many of the stresses and hardships and even things that I did when I came into the space myself, you know, I didn't think any of it would work. I didn't think I'd be able to pay my rent. So I had absolutely no bullish mm -hmm. sense about myself until things put me in a bullish situation. But when you don't expect things, when you just come in here with a level head, you know, as an artist who's doing the kind of work you've been doing and not paying attention to the noise of the space or not paying attention to the money or lack of money that you're getting. If you have that kind of head, everything that comes along, you learn from, you know, you, you appreciate it. Even if it's a hundred dollar sale, you learn from that and you appreciate that. And it, it keeps you humble. So yeah, expect nothing and appreciate everything. I like it. That's really solid. 
Yeah, I should have put that on the trademark though, because I know your show gets out there, man. People are going to be like, trademark that. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, put it in your Twitter bio. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see it in the NFT tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so if you, I feel like you've been around a lot, but if you could live or move anywhere, where would you live and why? Oh yeah, that's that's impossible. I can't answer that question. I've just been around too many places to to pick one. They're all so beautiful, or you know, also dangerous or whatever. But man, growing up, I, I lived in about four countries until I was about fifteen. No, until I was about yeah, yeah, fifteen. We moved back to the states, and I stayed in the states for a while. And then when I moved here eight years ago, I started bouncing around, and I added another you know eighteen countries to that list of visits. So I, if I had to like, you know, the number one response is going to be, it depends on how much money I have and how much money I can afford and all that, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but if you mean I have whatever money I need to live anywhere, I, you know, I got to say New York. Oh, okay. I just, yeah, it's not as visually exotic as far as people who are searching for a city that has some, you know, lakes and rivers and mountains and snow and stuff nearby I can quickly take a weekend at. I mean, upper New York if you want, but it definitely has everything else I found in the world, man. Exotic food, exotic people, all the religions, all the possibilities to job and hustle and work and live and everything, man. Everything is there. So that's if I, sure. you know, if I had the money to stay there, that's, that's probably where I'd be. Yeah. And I know right. my, my, my lady loves it too. I took her to visit last year for the first time and she's like let's move to new york <laughs> i was like i just lived here for 15 years man we gotta we gotta get four more jobs <laughs> <laughs> oh nice well do you have any questions for me wow you know i i do i do but i have the kinds of questions that you know, two friends get to know each other have nothing that, you know, I want to share on a radio. Just you right. sound like a really right. cool dude. We've had some good times together, you know. So all my questions would be like, what kind of things do you like to do? What kind of weekend can we go have someday? And those are my questions. I guess if I had to ask one question, you know, for the general audience in the NFT space, I guess I kind of ask, where do you see the NFT space moving in forward in six months as far as photography there you go because that's a, oh, you know as one of my collectors thank you very much by the way two times over yeah you know i'm, I'm interested as an artist as well what, where do you see the market going as far as the nft photography portion of it that's a great question the and that's our show ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, we we'll see you next time <laughs> um, i'm so sorry please continue no it's good i think the additions have been an interesting thing because currently the issue is i think the lack of creators or collectors we have lots of creators and they're all amazing and i i've you know i still find people that i never have heard of i think the issue is is like collectors and the addition basically created that opportunity for everyone to be a collector so that kind of opened up the space i think that's been nice everyone's been it helped flip the mood a little bit more positivity in the space. I think maybe if we have like different drop styles or different mechanics that goes into it, we could get some interesting things happening as far as, and I don't know exactly what that means. Like not exactly like a burn and trade, like no, you have an hour to mint this and then burn this. And then you're like, uh, I can't even keep up with it. But some sort of drop mechanics I think could be fun as far as like 
in it, the photography space. Oh man. Like I see a lot of landscape photography and I guess it needs to be like stuff that stands out more, I guess. And I don't know some, what some that uniqueness. Yes. And I don't know what that means. I mean, there's not a whole lot of composite photography people. And so that style cut does stand out a little bit. There's not a ton of black and white photographers. And so that style does stand out. I don't know. I've tried to think of how it could be more like something that like, it's interesting to have the interactive stuff like Ben Strauss has done where you can like play with it on the screen and it like will change from like winter to spring. Mm. And I don't know, cause that's not exactly accessible to the everyday person yet. Yeah. But it is innovative and that's what the space likes. Right. Innovation is definitely what is interesting and it does draw people in as far as what to do. I, I don't know exactly. I've been trying to think about some stuff that would be interesting but I, I'm not a dev even either. So that's the hard part. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you, man, I'll, I'll shoot you two or three ideas that I have because I, I have them all the time and they always seem to click. So, you know, if you want right. to get in on them, you know, that I'll, I'll shoot you. Yeah, I'll shoot you some myself. That's great. Great, great answer, by the way, man. I love that insight because I think we're always looking for something new, both collectors and artists. How do we do it new and, and right. some new stuff so we can collect it? So For sure. Do you have any shout outs or do you have any projects you'd like to talk about? Oh, well, yeah. You know, I don't market myself too much, but the market is, is, <laughs> is, is you know, unbearable, no pun intended. So I, I think I will take a second to tell you what I'm working on. I have yeah. my first AI drop, which I'm very excited about because I, I loved collecting things as a kid, you know, GI Joes and things like that and Transformers. And so I... I just started learning AI a little bit and playing around with it a few months ago and came up with these robots. I call them shot bots. You know, I yeah. just dropped last week. They're 0.01 ETH. They're nice and, you know, easily accessible. There's hundreds of them. If you'd like to check that out, I love that. And I mean, I've just been doing the head of community thing with Picture This. We've got, I can't say too much yet, but we've got some really big plants coming up with some really big people in the space. And I, I'm sorry that I can't share too much, but the first thing that we are doing, which people can see on the picture of this site as the pin post, we're having an open call for our first curation. So it'll be our, our foundation uh, world. Now the foundation has this curation process called the world. Right. And so people can go in there and submit some work and hopefully be chosen for that as well. So, you know, it's all about shining a light on other people who really haven't had that kind of popularity yet to be able to do so themselves. That's what picture this is all about. So okay. yeah, thanks for that. Nice. Well, that's awesome. I yeah. look forward and, and anything to anything I have on secondary. <laughs> <laughs> just put Fidel everywhere in any marketplace you're at and just look at the secondary. That's all. <laughs> fair. That's fair. That's a fair one. Okay. Fair yeah, one. Sorry about that. Slip, kind of slipped out of me there. <laughs> Oh man. Well, awesome. I'll have to to look at your secondary a little bit. There you go. <laughs> but I'm definitely interested in the, <laughs> with more about this project that's coming up. Yeah, it should be good. What we're doing is, you know, foundation gave us, gave us, gave the space the opportunity now to create a curation, which right. actually brings together all the pieces that have already been minted on other marketplaces. So you can share them in one place now, you know, which is this fantastic idea. And what I'd like to do is just bring a whole bunch of photographers. I think we are going to do 50, 50 is the limit we can do. 
and kind of give them a space that, you know, because, I mean, let's be real, man, popularity really can drive the outcome of what you sell, what is seen, you know, whether you succeed or fail. So pointing that popularity in a certain direction has a huge effect on, on folks. You know, when someone has a hundred followers and someone like myself, who's got 30, 40,000 or someone, you know, a little higher has got a hundred thousand, 150,000, those variables of popularity, I call them quote unquote, they have an effect if they're retweeted. If I say, you know, go look at that. If someone says, Hey, come into this gallery and look at this. Right. And so all we really need to do is give people an opportunity. You know, that's all someone did for me. I mean, my work was out there for six months before someone said, go check out this black and white stuff. It's fantastic. And someone did. And I, you know, I, I, I had a great opportunity to, you know, sell my work. And so I just want right. to pick out 50 folks who maybe don't have that spotlight and put them in the spotlight and really see if their work gets that attention, really see if they can get some sales. You know, that's what I like to do. And that's what Picture This is doing. That's why they hired me. So. That's what nice. the project's all about. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Cool. Well, yeah. Fidel, thanks for I asking about it. you coming on the podcast and sharing your time with me and enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the chat. Yeah. Thanks so much, man. This is the second time we've chatted. I've had a great time both times. So, you know, I appreciate you having me on. It was a pleasure. Yeah. It was great. And yeah. have a good evening and we'll talk soon. Yeah. You got it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Shout out wise. Shout out <laughs> to the love of my life. Stefania, she's going to hear this on Spotify later. So I got to say hello. Hi, baby. How you doing? I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Well, we'll talk soon. You have a great evening and I appreciate all you you got it, man. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye. Who is this guy? 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 Your cow guy. Your cow guy. Your cow guy. Your NorCal guy, 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 NorCal guy